here we go. We are back with another episode of the In the Fourth Podcast with your host, Cole Northrup. We had a great wild card weekend of football. This being recorded on Monday prior to the Monday Night Football game. I mean, just all the hoopla from the Dallas-San Francisco finish, from the Bills absolutely blowing out the Patriots, to the Bucks thrashing the Eagles. I mean, up and down. We had a great weekend of football. Do we wish, in in Pittsburgh's case, that they weren't in? Yes. You know, do we wish that the Chargers in Indianapolis were in so we could see those really good teams play instead of the dinosaur that is Big Ben play? We do. We do. But you know what? At the end of the day, it was football. Bad football is better than no football. So we, I'm super content. Uh, I'm sure you guys are super content watching all those games. And we have a great slate coming up this upcoming weekend, a great Monday Night Football game. But we're going to start with this. Sometimes in life, you can kind of fool yourself. You can kind of trick yourself, right? Whether that's being in a job, saying, oh, hey, my hour commute for my 15 to $20 an hour is it's okay. You know, it's good enough. It's fine. You know, it, it, it pass it pays the bills and you know, my wife's happy and I'm content with it. Like, you know, it is what it is. Right. Or you could be in a relationship and you know, you guys aren't doing the spontaneous dates anymore. And you guys are just kind of going to work, coming home, going to bed, you know, kind of just living with each other, not doing anything fun, not anything, uh, that truly shows that you guys, you know, enjoy being in a relationship with each other. Right. And it, it certainly translates over to the NFL in this, in this aspect, right? Teams, for example, Minnesota, can get complacent, can be like, hey, it's really nice being in contention every year, and we don't need to win it. We just need to be around, and, you know, who needs to put all their chips in the middle of the table for, for what, right? To, to risk our future, to risk us getting beat in the wild card, Right. So that's, you know, basically a big, big divergence between the Rams and and Minnesota, right? But that's not who we're talking about. What we're really talking about is the quarterback position, right? And being very mediocre or very average at the quarterback position and being okay with it, right? Kirk Cousins, the Minnesota Vikings quarterback, is the definition of average in the NFL. He's probably 16th. Right, if you were to list quarterbacks right now, he is 16th. And if you fall below the Kirk Cousins chart, you need to reevaluate reevaluate your quarterback position. If you are above, then okay, you probably have a chance to win the Super Bowl or at least contend in a serious manner. And you saw this weekend how diverse the quarterback landscape is in the in the NFL. You have guys like Josh Allen, Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes, right, playing on wildcard weekend, who are the utmost echelon of quarterbacks in this league, right? One, two, five, however you want to rank them. They are top six quarterbacks in this league, undoubtedly unquestionable, right? And then you have the middle tier quarterbacks, you know, the Jimmy G's, the Derek Carr's, right? They're really, really good. They're above the Kirk Cousins tier, um, but they're not going to they need some help to win the Super Bowl, right? And then you have Kirk Cousins, and then you have the rest of the NFL, right? Big Ben, Mac at this point in time, um, etc. If you have these quarterbacks, the ones that fall below this tier, this Kirk Cousins tier, you have to really evaluate if you're going to be with them long term, right? 
in the in the case of Philadelphia and in the case of New England. Okay? And if I'm New England today and I wake up from that absolute thrashing that happened on Saturday night, and I look around the league, I look around the AFC specifically, right? Because you gotta win your conference before you can win the Super Bowl. And I I have Mac Jones, right? Really good game manager, guy that's probably gonna fall. 18th, 19th, 20th on this quarterback list. And I look around the AFC, and in my own division, I have to play Josh Allen twice a year, which is an issue within itself. And then I have Mahomes and Herbert and Burrow and Lamar and Trevor Lawrence and Deshaun Watson and Carson Wentz. Right there, that's eight quarterbacks, not mentioning Derek Carr, right? That's nine quarterbacks that are all better than Mac at this moment in time, and for the foreseeable future, right? So you have all these quarterbacks, and you have Mac Jones, and you sit there and say, we have to compete on a yearly basis with a complete quarterback deficiency when we play those nine AFC teams, okay? Now, if you go out and play, you know, Miami, you're probably going to have a leg up on the competition, right? But for all those other teams, you know, the Bills, the Chiefs, the Chargers, they all have quarterback advantages, right? They don't have to have a perfectly tuned defense, a perfectly tuned special teams to be able to cover up for the quarterback, right? They just have to be complacent. They just have to be good enough, and the quarterback will take them the rest of the way, right? So you're New England, and you wake up and you say, do we need to draft a quarterback? Do we need to get a quarterback that has a higher ceiling in this offseason, right? If you're New England today, and you said, we go into next year, and we have Mac Jones, and we run it all back. How how do you beat this Bills team? I, I don't know. Because you shouldn't have beat them in the in the win game, to be honest. The, the Bills went two for five in the red zone, right? And they came away with something like 10 points, and it was 40 miles an hour wins. We saw the true Bills-New England difference these last two games, right? The Bills are just miles ahead of them from where New England is at, at this point. And it's mainly because of the discrepancy at quarterback. It's not the coaching difference, right? McDermott is not a better coach than Bill Belichick is at this standpoint, right? The staff of the Bills is, is not better than Belichick's staff overall, right? So the biggest difference lies with, within the quarterback discrepancy. And could you narrow that by taking Mac Jones and saying, hey, Washington, we'll trade you Mac. You give us a first, and we're going to trade three first to Houston, and we're going to get Deshaun. Or we're going to trade three first to the Raiders, and we're going to get Derek Carr, right? So we make that gap a little bit smaller, right? Because Belichick's 70 years old now. He doesn't have all day to coach, right? He's only got a couple years left. Robert Kraft's getting up there. He's only got a couple years to win a couple more Super Bowls, right? Until you become a Jets-like situation. Because I don't know about you, but you tell me when the next time a home... Patriots playoff game is going to happen because I can't see it. I can't see it for at least a couple years, right? And by that time, Belichick's 74, 75, you know, maybe getting sick of Mac being a game manager at that standpoint, sick of carrying the load, right? That was, that was the beauty of Brady and Belichick. Brady just took the offense, right? Didn't have to worry. There wasn't a concern. So in the end, all I'm saying is this. If I'm New England, if I'm Boston Sports Talk Radio, I'm at least considering it. I'm considering trying to get out of my 
regular eight to five that pays $50,000 a year and going broke, pushing the chips to the table, doing the ramps, right? Because otherwise, you're just going to be a wild card team for the next five to eight years and saying, hey, this is okay. This is fun. This is not what, this is now the new normal, right? That's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to say. Coming up next, what should the Cowboys do with Mike McCarthy? Can't wait to get into that one. So the talk of today is, should the Cowboys fire Mike McCarthy? And here's my opinion on it, right? If you think back to being in June, July, August, and you would have said, what's probably going to be the downfall of the Cowboys? I think the first answer would have been their defense, right? Their defense was atrocious in 2020. Uh, Most people would have thought, hey, if their defense doesn't get better, then they're obviously not going to be very good this year. And I think the second thing would have been, oh, Time management issues, because that's the exact thing that Mike McCarthy has struggled with throughout his entire career, including his first year in Dallas. Well, it was about week three, week four, and we realized, oh, Micah Parsons is the best defensive rookie there is this year, and it looks like the defense is, you know, at least capable, if not, you know, a fringe top 10 defense. And that's where they finished. They were, you know, a top 10 defense. They were really good. They created a lot of turnovers, right? I mean, they were so good that they managed to get Dan Quinn a couple of head coaching uh, opportunities from an interview standpoint when just two years ago, he was heading like a top 32 defense, right? They were at the, Atlanta was at the bottom. They were awful. And all of a sudden it's just been washed away because Dallas creates turnovers in one year. You know, and it looks like he's fixed the defense. So, but on the Mike McCarthy standpoint of time management, we know that this has been an issue. This has been an issue since he was in Green Bay, right, with Aaron Rodgers. Mike McCarthy leaves Green Bay. They get Matt LaFleur. All of a sudden, Green Bay, one seed, 12, 13 wins every single year. NFC Championship games every single year, right? McCarthy comes to Dallas. They miss the playoffs the first year. They get bounced in the they get bounced in his second year when their ceiling was probably the NFC Championship game and their expectation according to Jerry Jones at least was the NFC Championship game, right? So, you're Jerry Jones and you're looking around and you see that Dan Quinn's getting these interviews, these head coaching interviews. You see Kellen Moore's getting these head coaching interviews. And there's a real possibility that both of them are gone after this year. And then what were, what would return in 2022? Mike McCarthy, a new offensive coordinator, a new defensive coordinator. I don't know about you, but that's pretty scary. I don't know about you, but I don't know if I'm picking Dallas to win the NFC East next year. So the only thing you could change that, if you're Jerry Jones, is to let go of Mike McCarthy. And that's what I would do. I would either elevate him to a higher level standing in the football operations area or just outright let him go and come to the presser and say, hey guys, we have a really good team. We have expectations here around Dallas to be championship caliber and we led the league in penalties. We also just couldn't get basic time management skills 
in a football game handled. That's the reason Mike McCarthy's gone. And I don't think there would be one peep from the media saying that that's completely outrageous. You know why? Because that's his fault. And it's no fault to Mike McCarthy's. I mean, I would have hired a Harvard you know, analytics student by now to, to figure it out for me. But he obviously doesn't want to do that. So if that's the downfall of him, then that's the downfall of him. But if you're Jerry Jones and you think running it back next year is going to get you any further than a 2022 season that ends on a time management issue, then you're just flat out lying to yourself, right? Go out, get a Jim Harbaugh. Go out, get an Eric Bieniemy, a Brian Dable, somebody that knows offense, somebody that's not going to openly lie after their their presser with you after their introduction presser with you saying that they watched every film of the 2019 season and then came out two weeks later and said, Oh, I actually didn't watch it. I just lied to get the job. I don't know about you guys, but it's probably not a ringing endorsement of Mike McCarthy overall. So at the end of the day, if I'm Dallas, I'm letting him go. Okay. I'm, I'm telling the media straight up why I think we're going to be better for it. You try to keep Dan Quinn. You try to keep Kellen Moore, elevate, Probably Kellen Moore to the off to the head coach position, right? I don't believe that Dan Quinn really turned turned around this Dallas defense. I think they got extremely lucky in the turnover case this year, and I think it'll be proven out next year when they regress. But at the end of the day, there is too much talent. There's too much money spent on the offensive side of the football of the Dallas Cowboys and Zeke and Amari and Ceedee Lamb and Dak Prescott and the ent- entire offensive line for them to be losing in the first round. It just is. That's factual. They underachieved, and that's why you have to let Mike McCarthy go. Coming up next, I'm going to tell you why the Cincinnati Bengals are probably going to make the AFC Championship game. And man, what a story that is. So Cincinnati's going to go in, and they're going to play Tennessee next week. It's going to be the first divisional round playoff game. It's going to be in Tennessee, right? And it's going to be Joe Burrow and Ryan Tannehill. And everyone's going to make the big hoopla this week about how Derrick Henry's back and the Tennessee offense is back and all this stuff. And you know what I'm going to say? I don't buy it. I don't buy it for this reason, okay? We have not seen anybody come off of a Liz Frank injury and be successful 11 weeks out as Derrick Henry's trying to be. Okay, I don't believe Derrick Henry's 100%. I think he's trying to gut it out for his team, which is completely commendable, something I think every person would do, right? But I think there is a large, large mismatch at the quarterback position right now. If you were to rank the rest of the playoff quarterbacks, I'm pretty sure Tannehill comes in last, right? Because you're not going to rank him over Mahomes or Brady or Rodgers or Allen or Burrow, right? Not Kyler or Stafford, whoever wins tonight, right? You're not ranking him over those. So maybe Garoppolo, that's the only case you can make. But I think there is a large discrepancy between what Burrow brings to the table and what Tannehill brings to the table. Burrow can win this game outright by himself, in a sense, right? He's going to be the sole reason the Bengals win or lose this game. Tennessee, on the other hand, is completely reliant on Derrick Henry. Completely. If he is not playing well or if he gets hurt again or just isn't himself, I don't think Tennessee necessarily has a shot. Mike Vrabel's a really good coach. I think Tennessee has a coaching edge over Zach Taylor. But at the end of the day, 
the talent that Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase bring to the table is going to be too much for this banged-up Tennessee secondary, right? Don't forget, Tennessee started 92 different players this year, right? 92 different players is an NFL record, okay? They're the one seed. Commend them. I don't think they should have been, but they figured out a way to make it the one seed. But I think, and in my humble opinion, I think that their season comes to an end Saturday when the Bengals go into Tennessee and beat them. Also, put this into perspective, okay? Joe Burrow has done something that not a lot of quarterbacks outside of Andrew Luck can do. He's gone into a place where the culture was bad. They were, they were losing seasons over and over and over again. The coach was on kind of on the hot seat. And in two years, half of the first year is gone anyway, but in two years, they're in the divisional round of the playoffs after picking number one overall. How insane is that? That's like me telling you guys next year, Trevor Lawrence and the Jacksonville Jaguars are going to be one of the four remaining AFC playoff teams. You guys would look at me like I'm crazy. But Joe Burrow did that. Joe Burrow did that. Now, did he come in? He had a couple more weapons than Trevor Lawrence? Of course, right? Must be nice to have T. Higgins. Must be nice to have Tyler Boyd and Joe Mixon, all which would be the best players that the Jags would have, right? But it's something that is hard to see. I mean, Herbert went into a great situation with all the weapons in the world. Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Austin Eckler, Hunter Henry at one point was on that team. A good defense, you know, Bosa, they had they had Derwin James back. They have good players on that Chargers team. It's so talented, and they can't even make the playoffs. They can't even make the playoffs. They can't beat Houston. That's the reason why they didn't make the playoffs this year. I love Herbert. I think he's a top-five quarterback in the league. But, man, the overall culture setter that Joe Burrow has been for the Cincinnati Bengals is unfathomable. It's insane to see, right? And that's why I think they're going to make the AFC Championship. Okay, and then they're going to get beat by either the Bills or the Chiefs just because the Bills and the Chiefs out-talent them, they've been there before, and the quarterbacks are a little better than Burrow. Okay, but at the end of the day, just to sit back and say a team that was projected to be third or fourth in the AFC North this year, not only to win it, but also to win a playoff game, if not two, a road playoff game included, is just hats off to Joe Burrow, tip of the cap, And I can't wait to see you guys beat Tennessee next week. I appreciate you guys hopping on the pod. I will see you guys later this week. We're going to preview more of the divisional round playoff games. I can't wait for them. I can't wait for tonight's game. It's going to be really, really fun. And I'll see you guys later.